blessing. What a great privilege to be in this conference. This week will be one of your best weeks ever. I mean, if you are a pastor, if God has called you into the ministry, um, you must count it a privilege to experience this art of shepherding conference. Your calling, your anointing, your church, your ministry will never be the same again. Never the same again. And God has assembled one of the best teams of ministers, anointed ministers, to minister to us this week. Very soon we are going to have Bishop Emmanuel Intefo coming in soon. One of God's leading generals. We are also going to have Bishop Eddie Addy with us from Lighthouse Chapel International Airport. I'm just, I'm just making you aware of what is in store for you this week. That anything that attempted to prevent you from coming and could not prevent you will never come your way again to stop you from seeing what God has for you. We also have one of God's leading anointed generals coming all the way from the Tema end, Bishop Ishmael Sam, who will be with us this week. And then we also have one of the finest soft-spoken but strong pastors and leaders God has raised in this end time who assist Bishop Dagwood Mills to organize the Healing Jesus campaigns all over the world. He is the executive director of the campaigns. God has used him to gather half a million people at one place in one night. And in many nations of Africa, he is the one who has organized the crusades and led teams of people to gather multitudes to attend Healing Jesus campaigns. He is in the person of Bishop Prince Adai. He will be with us this week. And I am believing God that This week, 
the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Amen. The power of God will transform you. Amen. We are believing God to have Bishop Dagiwad Mills himself here at the conference. Towards the end. But I want you to just, wherever you are, to lift up your two hands and thank God that he gave you the privilege. Jesus said, the prophets of old desired to hear what you are hearing, but they could not. And to see what you are seeing, but they could not. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Thank the Lord and bless him for giving you the privilege to be a part of this revolutionizing conference. My life, your life, our lives, will never be the same. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what is in store for us this week. We lift our hands and we say, Lord, only you can do what you've done. And only you can do what you are about to do. Touch our lives. Take us to our next level. Anoint us with fresh oil as shepherds. We thank you. We are grateful. We know our lives will never be the same again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated.
was lost when you found me here you pulled me close and held me near oh I'm a fool but still you love yes I'll be a fool for the king of love You gave me wings So I could fly Gave me a song To color the sky All I have Is all from you and all I want is all of you. Your grace, your grace. I'm nothing without you. Your grace. Lord, your 
For the days ahead your church your ministry will never be the same again amen clap your hands for Jesus now this morning for an opener to begin what God has for us this week and uh, God has great things for us this week. Um, today, because of the registration and the timing, I am sharing something with you briefly. And we are going to have Bishop Intefel here, who will take us to lunchtime. And then we will take just two hours of lunch break to find something to eat, there are vendors around, there's food around, everybody will have something to acquire, to buy, and then um, we'll come back. Our afternoon sessions start at 4 o'clock so that we can close by 7, 8, we are out of here. So there'll be three sessions in the morning and three sessions in the afternoon. 
And it's all to, to give you the best you can get this week. Amen. And uh, I have also deliberately narrowed the time we are having for lunch, the lunch time period, that period, to just two hours so that we do not, you know, go have a reason to go to town and come back. We can be around here, relax, stretch your legs, make a friend, um, buy some books, and then we come back to finish the evening session. Amen. Is it a good idea? Is it a good idea? So tomorrow, 8.30, we start. We have three sessions, three different speakers. In the afternoon, three different speakers. But sometimes I will take the place of two speakers and do two sessions in one and, um, and so on. So to start this conference, I want us to turn our Bibles to Psalm 95. And you are reading verse number 7. For he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture. And the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, verse 8 says, Harden not your hearts as in the day of the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. But the Bible describes us and our church members. It says, we, in verse 7, says, we are the people of his pasture. So it is like God has a large field with green grass. And we, the believers, are the people of his pasture. And in case you are getting confused, he goes straight for the word and the sheep of his hand. So even though you are wearing a shirt and a pair of trousers, even though you are wearing a suit, you are a sheep. When you get born again and you get to know God, you become a sheep. Your church members are sheep. And we are the senior sheep. <laughs> so it is very important for us to understand that this is how God sees his people. He is our God. And we 
are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. So I'm not surprised that David would say that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. The Lord is my shepherd because we are his sheep. Ask your neighbor, I, did you know that you were a sheep? I thought you were a human being. Please, ask, ask politely. Did you, has, has anybody told you you were a sheep? <laughs> so it is very important, pastors, that you understand how God sees you and how God sees your members. We are having the art of shepherding conference. And I'm preaching on 10 reasons why every pastor must be a skillful shepherd. 10 reasons why every pastor must be a skillful shepherd. And I'm laying the foundation that it is very important for you to understand who you are. That you may own a company, you may be the founder of a church, but God sees you as a sheep. Very important. In Matthew 9, verse 36, when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because they fainted. Jesus saw a lot of people. And once again, we are not surprised that he saw them immediately, not as voters. You know, there are some people, based on what they are doing, when they see people, they see them as either clients or customers. When a politician sees a crowd, he sees them as voters. <laughs> is, there, is there anybody here who is serving Jesus? I was told there are five people here who are serving Jesus. Who are the five people serving Jesus? Jesus, okay. All right, so if you are a servant of Jesus, then it's important for you to See yourself and your members the way God sees your members. So when Jesus saw the crowd, he said that they were scattered as sheep having no shepherd. 
Amen. This is how Jesus saw the people. He didn't see them as voters. He didn't see them as uh, foot soldiers or refugees. <laughs> he saw them as sheep. Very important. So if Jesus saw them as sheep, then we must also see our members as sheep. And by extension, see ourselves as shepherds. Now, if you are a shepherd, you are not a special person. A shepherd is merely a sheep. Shepherding other sheep. Yes, a shepherd is a sheep giving the privilege to shepherd other sheep. As I stand here, I am a shepherd, but I am actually a sheep. Yes, I was sitting where you are sitting, where you are sitting, and God brought me out to stand in front of you. So I am a sheep. And it's very important, I'm going to give, I mean, I'm going to learn very wonderful things this week. Now, it's important for you as a pastor, because pastors tend to see themselves as some special people created on a different planet, who are unable to relate with the sheep. For you to be able to relate with the sheep, you need to see yourself also as a sheep. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, was touched. He, he, he was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He was God. He was not man. But he came and made himself like a man to be able to understand our feelings, to understand our problems. That is how come we can even pray to him. Pray about our health issues, our accommodation issues, because he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. There are pastors who are not touched with the feelings of the sheep because they don't see themselves as sheep. Very important. So, so, so Jesus sees us as sheep. And you are privileged to be a shepherd. Look, if you, are, if you are one day made a bishop or an apostle or a pope, don't let the title deceive you. You are a sheep. Now, it's important because see, you cannot relate with anybody that you don't have an identical feeling or somebody you cannot identify with. You can't relate with them. For me to relate with someone, I must identify with the person. That is why we have great respect for the Basel missionaries, the Presbyterian church. Very important. White men from Switzerland a white man is not a black man. 
a white man is not a black man. There is a big difference between a white man and a black man. This is not the conference for that <laughs> discussion. But when they came, of course, they died and they climbed up to Ekropon and found a, a fairly appropriate climate there and stayed there. They identified themselves with the Equiapims. They did not come to live in their castles as they were living in, in, in England. Or, or sorry, in, in Switzerland. To the extent that they even wrote our tree Bible. Yes, they, they, they actually taught us to write tree. I mean, a language which is for us all. They were speaking either French or German or Swiss or whatever. They came here and taught us how to write our language. They identified, they had farms. They, 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 even though their skin was white, they identified with us, ate our food, spoke our language, even taught us our language. That is the basis of the success of the Presbyterian Church we have today. Because you cannot minister to people you feel different to. You cannot be a pastor to people you cannot identify with. So it is very important for us today to understand that. Please turn the Bible to Exodus. Let me show you a very important message. Uh, uh, I said numbers, sorry, numbers 27, 15. And Moses spake unto the Lord, saying, now listen to what Moses told the Lord. Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation, a man, which may go out before them, and which may go in before them, and which may lead them out, and which may bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord be not a sheep which have no shepherd. That, that, that the congregation, the, the reason why you are a pastor, you are a reverend, you are a lady pastor, Whatever you are as a leader in your church is that God wants his children to be, not to be like sheep without a shepherd. Very important. So you lead them. There is a way. This week we are going to learn what it takes to be a leader of sheep. You lead them out. You go before them and go in before them. Go out before them. Go in before them and lead them out. And bring them in. So that they don't become sheep without a shepherd. So if you are here in this conference, you are in a conference where you are going to learn the art of shepherding. Amen. How to be a shepherd. 
how to be a shepherd. It's very important that you don't make yourself a pastor who is like a lion overseeing sheep. You will eat them. Or a zebra overseeing sheep. You will kill them. But when you see yourself as a sheep who was once upon a time with the people, but God separated you and made you a shepherd, you will be able to relate well with them. Yes. Very important. So, Moses, when he was chiding and rebuking those three rebels in the church, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, he told them that, cement it, number 16, verse 9. Is it a small thing that the God of Israel will choose you out, will separate you, will separate you from the congregation to bring you near to himself. It's a privilege. I say it's a privilege. A shepherd is not a big man. A shepherd is also a humble sheep. Remember, he said that God separated them. They were also among the crowd. And God, this Sunday, most of us are going to stand in front of our churches to minister to them. But remember that you came from among them. You yourself are a sheep. You are a senior sheep with horns. <laughs> so, so this week, God has given us the privilege to be in one of the best conferences you can ever attend as a pastor. Yes. The first thing you need to know, the first reason why you must be a skillful shepherd is that your call is a call to be a shepherd. The collar you wear, the cross around your neck, the titles you have should not confuse you. You are called. That's the first reason is that your call is a call to be a shepherd. So better relax and learn what you must learn. You. you see, these terms we have, that this uh, pastor, in, uh, apostle, evangelist, and all these type of names, pastor Richard, evangelist Matthew, uh, uh, apostle John, these are all Office titles. Hey, I see. Yes. They, they, are, they, 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 they don't define you. You are actually a shepherd. And if you are a pastor, you are a pastor shepherd. If you are an evangelist, you are an evangelist shepherd. If you, are, see, you can never be a good evangelist if you don't see yourself as a shepherd first. Yes. Shepherd evangelist John. Yeah. You, you, you cannot be a good prophet if you don't see yourself as a shepherd first. 
A shepherd is who you are. The term pastor is just what, look, even in the Bible, in the Bible, the word pastor, P-A-S-T-O-R, singular, pastor, that word pastor appears only once in the Bible. Only once the, the, the word pastor and then pastors, plural, appears about eight times. That's all. The entire Bible. You don't see the word pastor or pastors everywhere. But rather, God refers to the leaders of his people as shepherds. Different, different variations and versions of shepherd, 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 shepherd. Shepherd. Look, if you don't see yourself as a shepherd, you will disgrace yourself as a prophet. Oh yes, many prophets have disgraced themselves. Have destroyed their ministry because they did not see themselves first and foremost as shepherds. And all they were doing is just prophesying. Apostles planting churches must see themselves as shepherds. You see, what, what you see yourself or the name you give yourself determines your behavior. If you see yourself as a shepherd, your behavior will be very different from someone who just descends upon people as a pastor. So this week, I'm going to be teaching extensively from this very powerful book, The Art of Shepherding, by my pastor, and Father Bishop Dagwood Mills. This book, everybody, during the break, make sure you acquire one. The Art of Shepherding. Look, the fact that you call yourself something does not mean that you are good at it. If it, let's say that we are all calling ourselves shepherds from now on. Calling yourself a shepherd does not mean that you are good at it. There are many bad shepherds. I'm hoping maybe Wednesday or Thursday I'll, I'll talk about um, evil shepherds. Wednesday or Thursday, God willing. Yes. It's a whole list of evil shepherds. If you are a shepherd, then you are in the right place. You are in the right conference. Yeah, because you are going to learn the arts. The arts. The arts. The arts. That is how to be a shepherd. <laughs> how to be a shepherd. Being a doctor does not mean you are a good doctor. You must learn how to be a doctor, a proper doctor. People call, give themselves titles and they, they have no idea what to do. They are drivers who are bad drivers. Look, look the fact that you are something does not mean you are, you, are, you are good at it. You can be a bad example of that thing. At a dental barrier, 
Medina taxi rank. There are taxi drivers who are drivers, but they are bad drivers. They don't know when to stop, when to uh, tra- uh, uh, turn on the trafficator. They don't know anything. But he has, he has got, he has got a license. <laughs> I pray that it has changed from now on. Calling yourself something does not mean you are good at it. Wearing a cross on your neck does not mean you are a good pastor. There are many pastors here who are bad pastors. I'm telling you, you will not believe it. But as we go on, you yourself will know that only God could have brought you to a conference like this. <laughs> you will know. Yes. Wearing a, 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 a ring on your finger does not mean you are a good wife. Yes. Wearing a wedding ring does not mean you are a good husband. It's important to learn how to be a husband. How to be a husband. Inspect the hand of the nearest person and see whether the person is wearing a ring or another person. Are you the good type of this ring wearers or you are the bad type? And, and I hope nobody will say, hey, I've been wearing this ring for 30 years. Having done something for 30 years does not mean you are good at it. You may be doing the bad thing as a wife for 30 years. You are preaching. You are preaching. Oh, oh, you don't get the point I'm making. Yeah. Driving for 30 years doesn't mean you are a good driver. It's just the mercy of God which has delivered you from dying on the road. Yes. Even after 30 years of driving, if we put you in a room and show you the road signs, you won't be able to tell us what. Some of you don't even know the road signs. You have been driving for 15 years. So wearing a suit and a tie on Sunday doesn't mean that you are a good shepherd. And I'm very happy. Clap your hands for yourselves, please, before I talk. I'm very happy. I'm so glad that you have humbled yourself to come here. It's humility. Yes. Because some of you this week, you will discover that had it not been for this week, you'd have received slaps in heaven. Slaps. You call yourself a pastor? You call yourself a shepherd? Hey, do you know what it means to be a shepherd? (laughs) There is a book. What it means to become a shepherd. What it means. I'm going to give you the best announcement soon. An announcement that will tickle your ears. What it means to be a shepherd. I'm saying to you, please, don't say that because you have been a pastor for 10 years, it means you are a good pastor. You may well be a bad pastor. No, I'm the same way. There are many, well, this morning, today, today, I, I mean, I was woken up by my wife's scream. She shouted. And I, and I got up. Today, she received a phone call that made her shout. A wife called her, crying. Today, not yesterday, today. Maybe it had to happen 
for me to have an example to use to describe how bad you are as a pastor. <laughs> a wife was crying. So my husband has insulted me. My husband has almost beaten me. I don't know whether she was beaten or she was giving just one slap because one slap is not beating. <laughs> One slap is a warning shot. <laughs> that's that's this, by the by. Today, how can you be a husband when your wife is crying to call someone? Many husbands don't know how to live with a woman. I'm telling you, you won't believe it. There are men who are married who have no clue how to be a husband. Clueless. All they have, they had were just uh, Holland, uh, six pieces of Holland, one sewing machine, three underwears, a suitcase, and erections. That's all. they have there's no sense in their head how to a woman you have gone to bring from her mother's house how to take care of the woman even their pastors here who don't know how to take care of their wives calling yourself a husband doesn't mean you are good at it should I talk about the wives a little or or, I should stay with the husband. Uh, I should balance the sound. Or the husbands are saying that's okay. Yeah. There are a lot of wives who say that wives here, some of the pastors' wives. You sit in the church receiving greetings. Meanwhile, in the house, you are a bogus wife. Bogus. Driving your husband into the, into the arms of a woman. I'm telling you. By your behavior in the house. know how to talk to your husband. Some of you don't even know how to cook properly. No, I'm, I'm making a point. I'm using all this to make a point that to call yourself a pastor doesn't mean that you, 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 you are a pastor. Even if you, those of you who are widely traveled, you know, if you go to Zimbabwe, I, I know of Zimbabwe, I know Zambia, I know South Africa. These are the three. I know, actually, I know Zimbabwe and Zambia, where the women, before they marry, there are elderly women in the community who call them and teach them how to have sex. Zimbabwe and Zambia. Yeah. They say when you travel with your husband to Zambia from Ghana, you must pay tithes. Because you, you may not return with that man. Yes. 
when he sees one show, one Zambian show, he will realize that he has been married to something useless for 12 years. I'm telling you, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about something somebody has told me. I myself have been to Zambia. I myself have been to Zimbabwe. I met a girl. She said, Charlie, look, as I'm standing here, you don't know what I know. <laughs> yeah. No, they are elderly. You know, some of you know, elderly women. Then the community, and they teach the young girls about to marry, they take them through not cooking, not sweeping, how to have sex. I'm telling you. It does not exist in West Africa. So you can, you can understand what West African husbands are suffering from in West Africa. It's like they are eating banana leaf stew. <laughs> Look, to be a wife, to be a husband, you must be taught. That's why a lot of churches have counseling. And even a lot of the counseling we do in, in, in many churches is not being correct counseling. Look, what somebody, if somebody is going to, when a man is going to marry a woman, it's not a time for a lot of scriptures. So you must use practical examples with pictures. <laughs> practical examples with pictures. Yes, but it, you, you turn like this. Uh-huh. Or, or, or you turn like that. Yes. Receive some turning ability. A lot of wives don't know how to turn. Yes. That's why most Ghanaian people, when they go to Zambia, they don't mind their wives again because they see the Zambian and Zimbabwean women is like power steering. When you touch a little, then they are moving. But West African wives, they are like Odum tree, Odum Wawa tree. <laughs> You do not know what I'm talking about. It's not possible that Zimbabweans are idiots and Zambians are fools. They know what they have seen in society. That we've got, even in the bank, we've got non-performing assets. Non-performing assets. So you can also have a non-performing wife. I don't like my preaching. I don't like it. When we go on break, don't come back. non-performing husbands and we also have non-performing pastors but thank God for art of shepherding you will no longer be a non-performing shepherd I said you will no longer be a non-performing shepherd clap your hands for Jesus your call is a call to be a shepherd Number two, the second reason why you must be a skillful shepherd is that sheep become committed to you through good shepherding. Good shepherding 
is what makes your members become committed. Your sheep or your members become committed to you through good shepherding. I'm hoping to teach from, a, from, the, from the book Mega Church. There's a very powerful shepherding chapter there, or chapters. How many of you want your members to be committed to you? Committed to the church? To be committed? How many of you know that they are, some of our members are not committed? Can I see your hand? You know, aha. That is it. You see, to get your members to be committed, you will do that through shepherding. Good shepherding. The word shepherd or to shepherd among many meanings also means to make friends with. Yes. Ra'ah, the Hebrew. To make friends with. And that meaning is companion, to be a companion. A pastor ideally should be a companion. Should make friends with the members. That is what makes people stay. Members become committed not because they are flowers on your stage or flowers in front of your pulpit. John chapter 10 verse 14. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and I'm known of mine. That is, I, I see, I, I know my sheep and I'm also known by my sheep. A good shepherd. Your members must have a certain commitment to your church. So much that when they are blessed, you are the only one they know. When they prosper, you are the only one they know. But most of you know that when our members prosper, they know somebody else. Some of us sitting here, you've got members in your church. You may not know, but somebody else is pastoring them. There is another reason why they come to your church. Because you are not a shepherd to them. He said, I am the good shepherd. And a good shepherd knows his sheep. That's number one. Later we are going to learn about the, the work of a shepherd. A good shepherd knows his sheep. But also he is known. When they are sad, they know you. When they are happy, they know you. You are all. The church is all they have. That level of commitment will come from nothing except shepherding. Number three, third reason. Third reason may tickle your ears a little, but listen carefully. Good shepherding makes you own the sheep. You own the sheep. Every, even in the natural, every sheep has an owner. Yes. Everybody has an owner. You can't just go around, go, go out of here, you see somebody's sheep, or you see a sheep and you kill it. The owner will look for you. 
Because every sheep has an owner. And it is time for us to also own our members. Own them. A pastor must own his members. A pastor must own, own your members. One of the things you don't find in today's pastor is the ownership mentality. Today's pastor doesn't own. No, no, no. He, he owns the offerings. He owns the offerings. He owns the church building. But he doesn't own the people who are in the church. He may own a few rich men he has put in front of the church. But the, the members have no owner. John chapter 10 verse 12. Look at it. John 10 verse 12. But he that is unhiring and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not. Whose own? A hiring. The, 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 the big difference between a, a real shepherd, clap your hands and let's welcome Bishop Emmanuel in Tefo. Wow. Keep clapping your hands. Oh, welcome. What a blessing. Tell me about this week, eh? <laughs> oh, add eh? Say this week, eh? <laughs> it won't be easy. <laughs> Who's own? So, so it is expected that somebody would own the sheep. But there's a, there is such a word in the Bible as an hireling. You see, a hireling. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a complex old word, but you can even tell. The word hire is in it. Hire. So, whatever you see the person doing is because of money. Hiring. I mean, he, he, he has been hired. He has been hired. He has been hired. He gets his salary at the end of the month. That is why he's a pastor. The salary is what gives him his reason to be a pastor but he doesn't own the sheep he that is unhiring but a shepherd owns the sheep so the reason why you must be a skillful shepherd is so that you can own the members your members must not be free to be owned by somebody no, 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 no. Whether your members are 10 or 80 or 100 or 1,000, nobody should be free to be owned. And remember, I've said it all. See, when I say own, if you get a journalist, the person may put it in the paper that pastor advocates for ownership of members. It's like some slave trade in the yeah. church. Yes. At the, at the uh, just began out of shepherding conference at the Bread of Life Cathedral at Adenta, um, the, the moderator, Bishop Edwin Ogo, uh, told the participants that they must own the members and, 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 and treat them like slaves. Look at that. Headline. Headlines. Headlines. Do you own your sheep? Do you own them? Do you have a sense of ownership? Anything less than owning the sheep will never work. Number four. Wow. Number four. 
The fourth reason why you must be a skillful shepherd of the sheep is that your highest honor comes from being a shepherd. Yes, honor. The highest honor of a pastor comes from being a shepherd. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 2. Feed the flock which is among you. Taking oversight. We are going to learn all these things this week. Feeding. Taking oversight. Not by constraint, but willingly. Not for filthy lucre. See, that is it. Filthy lucre is, is what is being used for the hirelings. They are there only for the money. There are pastors, some are here now, who are pastoring your church just because you need money to buy a car, you need money to build your house, you need money to pay your children's school fees, but you are not really a pastor. You're not really a shepherd. But I've already mind. Verse 3, quickly. Verse 3. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but by being examples to the flock. Verse 4. And when the chief shepherd, watch this. And when the chief shepherd, that is Christ, shall appear, you, not Christ, he has his own crown on, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Can you clap your hands for Jesus? Based on how you took care of the flock, based on how you shepherded the flock, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive a certain honor. I'll tell you, a lot of pastors are not honored. A pastor is not expected to enjoy any honor that is higher than the honor of being a shepherd. The honor of being a shepherd is the highest honor that God gives you. That God touches people's hearts to give you. A lot of pastors are not respected. Some of us here are not respected. You are not honored. Your members, I mean, you are not on their hearts. You, the pastor, you are not on your members. They don't love you. Because you also don't love them. One of the things I've come to realize is that the feeling you have towards somebody is the exact feeling the person also has for you. Most of the time, how you feel towards someone is the same way the person also feels towards you. Any shepherd who cares for his sheep will also be cared for by his sheep. I'm telling you. Your honor as a pastor. See, that is why pastors today, because they are not honored, they have to buy nice cars. Yes. Because his honor comes from the car he drives. He has to wear two rings on his fingers and two chains. His honor comes from, from, the, <coughs> from the chains. I mean, when he appears, you will know that a man of God has appeared. When he comes, you realize that a man of God, a, a real pastor has come. 
Because the truth is that the people he is shepherding, he is pastoring, do not honor him. You must be honored as a pastor. And your honor as a pastor is directly related to, go back to verse 2, how you take oversight, how you feed the flock, how you care for them, not by constraints. So because we are not being honored, what we do is that, Charlie, if they will not honor me, I will honor myself. Uh, I said, what? If you will not honor me, what will I do? Yeah. But I will tell you that all honor is not honor. There is honor that is not honor. Buying a nice car for yourself is not honor. Wearing nice clothes for yourself is not honor. The honor that God bestows on you is the real honor. Amen. Yes, so, so Jesus said, look at it, John 8, verse 54. John 8, verse 54. Look at what Jesus Christ said. He said, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. <laughs> yes. That is why you need the real honor that comes from being a shepherd. So if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honors me. <laughs> Any honor you give yourself... It's not honor. When a husband is in the house and he has to cook his own food, it's not honor. If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. Any honor you arrange for yourself is useless. Any recognition you arrange for yourself is useless. May you have children sons and daughters who honor you and that comes when you are a shepherd a good shepherd and we are going to learn it this week number five number five the prosperity of your ministry as well as your personal prosperity come through the care of the sheep. The prosperity of God's Grace International Ministry, look, it comes, and you, the pastor, your own prosperity. That's the reason why you must learn to be a skillful shepherd. God has arranged it such that the prosperity that comes to you, you see, because if you are a shepherd, you will prosper. Send your Bibles quickly. First Corinthians 9, verse 7. Who goeth a warfare at any time? At his own charges. Who planted the vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth a flock and eateth not of the milk of the flock? It is arranged... I'm not talking about being a full-time pastor. No. Even as, a, as, as, a, as an ordinary lay shepherd, lay pastor, your prosperity, God himself has designed that 
you cannot be the owner of sheep and drink milk from a zebra. Come on, please. Who feeds a flock? But the reason why we are not getting milk to drink is that we don't know how to even feed the flock. To feed a flock is not just preaching to them. Feeding, just as your children at home, is not only the food you put in their mouth that constitutes your care. There are a thousand and one things you do for them. If you are really feeding the flock, your prosperity Send your Bibles to Proverbs 27, 23. Look at something very interesting. Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks. And look well to thy heads for riches. Riches, dollars, cities, riches, gold are not forever. And that the crown endure to every generation, it cannot be. Next verse. The hay appeareth, and the tender grass showeth itself, and the herbs of the mountains are gathered. Go on. It says, the lamps, the lamps are for thy clothing. The lamps, the lamps are for thy clothing. And the goats are the price of the field. That is, God may not give you, see, Remember, the goats are the price of the field. So God will not give you 2,000 Ghana cities, but he will give you a goat. That goat represents the money you will use to buy. So if you care for the goat, you will get the same field that somebody who is using money will get. So you see that a pastor who doesn't have dollars prospers the same way as the governor of the Bank of Ghana. The goats. Because if you are a shepherd, you have goats. You need to convert the goats also to sheep. The goats are there. <laughs> they are the price of the field. The lambs, that is the clothes you wear. So you see that there's nothing. See, go back. Go to verse 25. Next, uh, previous verse. 24. Let me show you something. Riches are not forever. So, instantly, the Bible eliminates money. Money isn't the issue here. God doesn't use money to take care of a shepherd. Yeah, God doesn't use money to care for a pastor. But what others are using money for, you will get it through the care of the sheep. That is why today's pastor would want to be a businessman. Because he doesn't know how to be a shepherd. So he rather now go for the money itself. He rather go for the money. Because he doesn't, you see, you and I, please, pastor, stand up. Let's, let's call our pastor here, one of Accra's top businessmen. He's, let's say he's a businessman. He has Mercedes Benz. He has a house. What do you need in life? Is it not clothes to wear? Is it not a car to drive? Is it not a house to live in? So he uses dollars to buy Mercedes-Benz, dollars to buy a car. But for me, I am not a businessman. But through the sheep, the seven sheep God has given me, 
If I, because remember the beginning, it says, verse 23 says, be diligent. Take care of the, 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 your members very well. Look well to their heads. Care for them. Care for their hair. Care for the things, they, uh, they are, they are, the water they will, they will drink. Care for them well. Why? Because for you, the pastor, you will not prosper through diamonds and gold. The lamps will be the... Cl- so he bought his suit with $4,000. I will also get a suit, but it will come from my lamps I've cared for. Thank you, pastor. That's why people are envious of pastors. Because what they are getting in town, we are also in the church, we are not in town, but we are also being blessed. Clap your hands for Jesus. What the architect is getting in town, we are also in the church and we are getting it. But unfortunately, some of us are not prospering. That's why we organize this conference without charging any registration fee. Because if we introduce a registration fee, some of you will not come. Yeah, because even to, to, to pay a hundred CDs from your church may be a problem. Listen carefully. Your prosperity, you better learn how all the thousand things it takes to be a shepherd. Because <laughs> your prosperity, the milk, your clothing, the price of the field. 27, next verse. Thou shalt have goat's milk enough for thy food. For the food of thy household. So we are not architects. We are not doctors. We are just pastors and shepherds in the church. But our children are also eating. Our wives are also eating. Because the goat's milk will be there and there will be food for the household. And for the maintenance of thy maidens. Maintenance. Ma- maintaining your daughter's shoes. Maintaining your daughter's clothes. Receive shepherding skills. Shepherding skills. That's why it's a blessing. Look, don't be envious. So, so, oh, my elder brother is an architect. And I'm just a pastor. My cousin is a doctor. I'm just a pastor. No. God has also ordained that through the ministry, I'm telling you, through the ministry, it's not about salary. It's not about salary. It's not about salary. Number six, quickly. So, naturally, number six will come in. Our churches will grow through the care of the sheep. Church growth. A real shepherd who understands shepherding skills will not lack members. A real shepherd who understands shepherding skills will not lack members. Listen, pastors, those of you with seven members in your church, 16 members in your church, I welcome you to the Art of Shepherding Conference, which will catapult you into church growth. Church growth. Church growth. You watch it. 
When you've learned how to care for your members, your church will grow. How do, how do, how do churches grow? How do churches grow? Is it not two ways? There's nothing outside these two ways a church will grow. First of all, a church will grow by your members staying. The members remaining in the church and not going away. It's one way your church will grow. And your members staying will be a result of the love and the shepherding you have given them. Oh, oh yes. I have been in Lighthouse for nothing less than 25 years. This church, I've been here. 25 years. There must be something that has kept me here. It's the shepherding skills of my pastor, Bishop Dagwood Mills. One of the finest shepherds you will ever have. And this week, God will show mercy on us and grant us the privilege to enjoy his ministry. You want your church to grow? Learn how to be a shepherd. That's all. All the things. There's nothing about church growth on this book. There's not, this is called Art of Shepherding. But this Paras is one of the most powerful church growth manuals. If you master this book, your church will grow. How else does a church grow? A church grows through soul winning. And when you understand your work as a shepherd, you understand that Jesus said, a good shepherd leaves the 99 sheep inside and goes out to win one lost sheep. Yes. A good shepherd. A good shepherd. My dear friends, you are in for a treat this week. God willing, Next year, if we gather here, you will have a different story to tell. Before next year, you'll be sharing testimonies. Yes. You will learn how to be a shepherd. Number seven. I'm preaching. Number seven. Only good shepherding has the power to turn the hearts of lost souls. Only good shepherding has the power to turn the hearts of lost souls. Look, listen carefully. Let me tell you something that will frighten you. Sorry, you finish writing. Only good shepherding has the power to turn the hearts of lost souls. I'm showing you reasons why you must be a skillful shepherd. A shepherd with skill. Your clothes come from it. The food for your household will come from it. Your blessings will come from it. Only good shepherding. Look, let me tell you something. Church members eh, can actually go astray under your leadership as a pastor. These are things we don't talk about. When people come to church, it doesn't mean that they are converted. I saw a scripture that 
shocked me. Second Chronicles 39. Some of us, under your care, your members are becoming weed smokers. You didn't hear me. How many here are pastors? Let me see your hand. You are a pastor. Let me see your hand. How many here are pastors? Yes. Under your care, your members are becoming homosexuals. You. Yes. I mean you. Under your care, your members are fornicating. In the church. Some of you don't know. Some of your choristers. As they are singing on Sunday morning, they are bleeding from the abortion they have gone to do two days. You may not know. As she is standing on the stage singing, um, give me a song. Be magnified, O Lord. You are highly and she'll be crying. She's crying not because of Jesus. She's crying because she has just remembered the abortion she has gone to commit. Now, now let me say it well. Listen. A shepherd, he said, he leadeth me. He maketh me. To the, to the end that in verse 6 he says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, right? He leadeth me in the path of righteousness. There's a shepherd who leads his members in the path of righteousness. The Lord is my shepherd. If you are a bad shepherd, I'm telling that you're, I'm going to shock you. Can I shock you? Can I shock you? Can I shock you? Second Chronicles. 33, verse 9. A king. So Manasseh made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to err and to do worse than the heathen whom the Lord destroyed before the children of Israel. That is, a certain king of Israel, his members his members were committing more fornication than unbelievers. It's a type of king. Give us the New Living Translation. But Manasseh led the people. You may not know, but your leadership as a pastor is leading the people. Look at it, mommy. It's here. Manasseh was a king. He led the people of Judah and Jerusalem to do even more evil than the pagan nations. Today, things people didn't do as unbelievers. It is in the church that they are doing them. Some of them came to church as virgins. But in your church, they have become prostitutes. Ah, read it. Is it not there? Why are you surprised? Or oh, oh, you can't read? Can you not look at it right there? Manasseh. Under his leadership, 
the people, they, 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 they did evil more. There are members of your church who commit more fornication than unbelievers. And all these things happen because pastors don't take care. You see, a shepherd does not care for the hundred sheep alone. He cares for the individual sheep that make up the one hundred sheep. Next, number eight. Why you must be a skillful shepherd? Let me just, let me just give you some one or two more than we close. Number eight, the teaching anointing is stirred up in the hearts of true shepherds. Mm -hmm. A real shepherd who cares? Who cares? Who has a feeling for the members will naturally be a good shepherd, a good teacher. Mark 6.34. Mark 6. Mark 6.34. Quickly. Mark 6.34. And Jesus, when he came out, so much people much people. And he was moved with compassion. Because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. He began when he saw them because he was not a hireling but he was a real shepherd. He was moved. When you are not a proper shepherd, you are not moved by your members. When you see them smoking, you don't care. Some of you do not even know. When your members don't come to church, you don't even know they've not come to church because, but we'll, we'll learn it. You've not even learned how to number your members. When you are a good shepherd, you will have the teaching anointing. The anointing to be a teacher will come upon you. The anointing to be a minister will come upon you. Have you not realized that when a mother, two women, please come and stand by me. We are two women. I just came from the labor world two weeks ago. That's why my smack is bigger than his. And my baby is lying here. He's a woman. Dry. She has not been pregnant before. When the baby lying here cries. Hey, that's buried to me. Because I am, see, see I have feelings for the baby. Because I, I, I am the real mother of the baby. When the baby cries, it stimulates some things in me and my breast begins to produce milk. So we are two women, but a baby crying still gives him dry breasts. But because I am the proper mother of the baby, the problem of the baby makes my breasts become big. That is the feeding anointing. If you are a real shepherd, look, what to teach them will come from you. You will not lack. 
No. Many times I've come to church and I'm wondering, what do I teach? As soon as I stand here and I see the members, my breast becomes thick and big and milk begins to come out. When he saw them and he was moved, look at it. The next thing that happened was that he began to teach them many things. Receive the teaching anointing. Many things. Some of us are bad preachers. You are not a good teacher because you don't even know how. You don't know how to teach because you are not a good shepherd. When Jesus saw them, naturally, the teaching anointing rested on him and he began to teach them many things. The last reason I want to give you why you must be a skillful shepherd is that a skillful shepherd A skillful shepherd will love reading. A skillful shepherd. That's the last point I'm giving you today. A skillful shepherd will love reading. And the reading leads to your advancement. Anybody who wants to be a skillful shepherd to advance, how many of you want your churches to advance? You want your, oh, I can't see your hand. How many of you want your ministry to shoot forward? To push forward? It will happen. It will happen. I said, it will happen. God willing, a year by this time, the story of your church will be a different story. And it will happen when you become a reader. Now, 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 listen, as I end. Reading leads to a certain level of advancement. People who don't read, that is why this, at this conference, I'm going to give everybody here the best news you have ever heard. And the, the, the news I'm going to give you comes from Bishop Dagwood Mills. He has given me news to give you. News. I'm going to give you the news in just two minutes. Any pastor who doesn't read, remains at the same place forever. Look, advancement in life, it comes from new knowledge. New knowledge. Advances in agriculture, advances in medicine, advances in sciences, anything. New knowledge. Some time ago, the cars we had Used to, we used to wind the glass down. Not so. Today, what do you do? You press a button. 
Yes. A lot of cars. If the rain is falling, you turn a knob. And then the wiper begins to work. There are some cars, you don't need to turn anything. Once the rain falls on it, the wiper just starts. That is, the, the windscreen itself has got senses. That senses rain. It's in town. Say new knowledge. New knowledge. Without new knowledge, we would, we would all have died. How many of you are aware that some time ago we used to treat malaria with chloroquine? 442. How many of you remember chloroquine? Yes. But a time came, people were taking chloroquine and they were still dying. So, new knowledge, science, pharmacy brought new knowledge and they manufactured coatem and they began to kill the malaria parasites. Without new knowledge, your members will die from spiritual malaria. But in this conference, you are receiving spiritual coatem. Whatever work you are doing as a pastor. That is why without... Many pastors... You've been a pastor for 12 years, 7 years, 5 years. But your church, if you will be honest, it is at the same place. It's not moving forward. The reason is that you have not found the knowledge that will push your ministry forward. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2. And the Lord answered and said, I'm ending with this. Look at it carefully. What did the Lord say, pastor? What did the Lord say? Answered and said what? Write the vision. Say write the vision. I can't hear you. Say write the vision. And make it plain. That he may run. That he may shoot forward. You see, in the ministry, there are two types of people. A vision, eh? A vision. You can't smoke weed and have a vision. <laughs> you don't eat kenke. See, those are dreams that, like an elephant wearing dark glasses is chasing you. If you eat banku, a lot of banku, and you, you sleep with it, then you have bizarre dreams. Yes. But a vision, pastor, you don't know what a vision is. A vision, it says, it says privilege. A supernatural privilege. God gives some special people. Look, not everybody is like Habakkuk. Not everybody is like Ezekiel. Visions are for special. You see, a vision is a result of a special visitation. Angels enter your room. I've had about two or three high frequency visions in my 20 something years of being a pastor. I've had many dreams. But a vision, you can live for five years and not have a vision. So God selects. One or two Habakkuk's. Most of us here, in five years' time, you will never have a vision. I'm telling you. 
but it does not mean that you will not advance in the ministry. There are two types of people. The first type is the one God gives the vision to, the visionary. And then the second type of, person, uh, of minister is the reader. The reader. The reader. The reader of the vision. He doesn't have a vision. He has not had a vision in 10 years. Has not dreamt. All his dreams are snakes chasing him. And this type of cats chasing mice. Uh, Tom and Jerry dreams. But even though he has had no vision. There is an arrangement in heaven. That grants him the power to advance. How will he advance? By reading the vision somebody has had. So Bishop Dagwood Mills had a vision. He wrote the book. And when you read it, you run. You advance. You advance. I will never be like Bishop Dagwood Mills. Thank you, Bishop. The visitations he experiences in the night. I, I can live for 1,000 years. I mean, somebody who, who chats with, 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 with Jesus. He sees visions. Jesus has come. One day I was sleeping, uh, then I opened my eyes suddenly to see if there was an angel, but there was nothing. <laughs> I, just, I was sleeping uh, suddenly just to catch an angel. Shelly. Minia, Minia. You may never ever have a vision in your life, but thank God that He selects certain people and gives them a vision and tells them to write the vision. Write the vision that He may advance. That readeth the vision. Whether you have had a vision or not. Look, when I hold this book, this, the Macarius, this is a vision. You, you ask yourself, when will you write 40 books like this? <laughs> when, when will you have a vision? Some of the books, Bishop said he had the vision. And he wrote them. When? When? When will you have a vision to Some of you cannot even write a letter. But clap your hands for Jesus that even if you have not written 40 books, by reading, your ministry will run. Your church will run. Your call will advance. Your ministry will do well. Give the Lord a shout. Look. This. Come, bring it. This. Remove the rubber. When the lady was singing... You saw me talking to a brother. I sent him to go and come. I'll tell you what he came to tell me. I asked, look, transform your pastoral ministry. If you read it, you will run. Amen. You don't need to write a book on church growth to have church growth. All you need is to read a vision somebody has written and you will have church growth. That he may run. This book will cause your ministry to advance. Art of following will transform you from a crawling pastor 
to a high flying follower like us there are loyalty and disloyalty tell your neighbor we are in for a conference those who accuse you those who are dangerous sons some of you are dangerous sons those who are ignorant I mean clap your hands for 40 books I sent the young man because I want everybody to have this book because I'm going to be teaching extensively, extensively from this book when he came back he told me that the bookshop the lady he met said one book is 50 Ghana cities 50 I shouted at him come on go back and bring me proper news when he came back he couldn't give me any better news because the book cost 50 cities so this library has 40 books so 40 times 50 do you do maths in school oh what is 40 times 50 2000 <laughs> so this library give me a new one it's a library of 40 books which should cost 2,000 Ghana cities. These are books that will transform your ministry. If you read this vision, you will run. Your ministry will stop crawling. And three or four days ago, Bishop Dagwood Mills said, for the art of shepherding conference, I should not sell it for 2,000 cities, but I should make sure everybody has one of this for only 300 Ghana cities. <laughs> Bishop, and Tafel doesn't believe me. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. He doesn't believe me. Bishop, it is, it's a, it is a blessing. All the 40. All the 40. Which means that one book is about eight CDs or nine CDs. When really the book costs 50 Ghana CDs. That is the reason why we are going to have a break. So that you, and nobody should go to the table right now. I'm going to make sure that everybody here, if you don't get it today, tomorrow you will get it. Yes. You are going to have the, the it's called the Macarius Library. Only 300. Send a message to your house help to look under your mattress where you have kept that envelope with the money inside. You should bring it and run here. But if you don't get it today, tomorrow, I will make sure, it's a promise I'm giving you, that you get yours. Make sure. But everybody must believe God. So I am... It is 50 Ghana cities, but I'm going to reduce it for 25 Ghana cities for those who want to buy a single book. Half price. 
half price for just this one. 25. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is why you must be a skillful shepherd. So that by reading, you run. How many of you feel that your ministry needs a little speed? A little speed. This is the vision. When you read this vision, you run with it. And I have no doubt that God is going to make you a great shepherd. Rise your feet. Rise your feet quickly. Lift your two hands. We are about to receive one of God's generals. We are privileged to have him with us today. Lift your hands wherever you are. Lift your hands wherever you are. Lift your hands wherever you are. And ask the Lord, Father, give me the appetite to be a skillful shepherd. Skill. 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 Oh, open your mouth and tell the Lord. I want to be a skillful shepherd. A skillful shepherd. Skillful shepherd. Oh, yes. Skillful shepherd. Oh, yes. Skillful shepherd. You are being anointed at the back. Oh, yes. You are being anointed upstairs. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Something will happen to you. If you were walking, you will run. If you were crawling, you will run. Yes. My God, my God, my God. Father, we thank you. And Father, we bless you for a wonderful time. In Jesus' name. Clap your hands and you may be seated.